Welcome to episode 11 of the Rediscovery of Me Life Stories podcast. Today's episode is all about how one act of kindness grew into a national movement. So I drove to somewhere in uh, Ipswich to do a session and it's a long drive and I was feeling really sorry for myself, you know, I felt like I'd lost everything. And I spoke to a guy who's my son's age, 23, mm-hmm. living in a tent. Mm-hmm. At that time it was really, really cold. He was telling me the complexities of like a young guy, he said you, you seal yourself up quite early in the evening and then the condensation would form and then two in the morning it would freeze. And I was, I, I just thought how lucky my son Mm. As a copy living like that, mm-hmm. you know, how dare I say I've lost everything, or I've, you know, right, I might lose my house, but I might have to buy a smaller house, or mm-hmm. might, you know, like these people have got nothing, you know, and it's a great, a really great sort of antidote to feeling bad, you know. It's time to be your best version of you. No fluff. No nonsense, only practical ways for you to be your own extraordinary. We learn from the real stories of real people who've been there and survived the life challenges that we all face. Remember, one person's story can be someone else's survival guide. Welcome to the rediscovery of me. I'm your host, Holly Hartley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of the Life Stories podcast. As ever, thank you so much for joining me. This week's podcast is my first foray into interviewing three people, and I must say that I really enjoyed it. I am forever broadening my repertoire of podcasting skills, and I'm not known for being a techie. And as an independent podcaster, that can be a bit of an issue sometimes. In today's episode, we take a look at what it really means to help other people. So in that vein, please make sure that you leave a review and subscribe. This really does help grow the show and means that we can attract more incredible guests to come and share their stories with us. This week's episode contains the odd little curse, nothing too major, but please make sure that little ears aren't listening. I really hope that you enjoy the show. About five years ago, hairdresser Stuart Roberts was visiting a centre for people with drug and alcohol problems, noticing a homeless man and inspired by someone he'd seen giving makeovers on the street. The following week, he decided to take the tools of his trade, his scissors. Word quickly spread and he was asked to take his scissors into shelters in Romford and other areas. Haircuts for Homeless was born. Today, there are now 63 centres throughout the UK with over 600 volunteers who've done approximately 40,000 haircuts. I'm delighted to welcome both Stuart Roberts and Jackie McCall to today's podcast. Jackie is Stuart's, quote, Queen of the North, founder of 10 projects around the Manchester area with a further five starting in the new year. It is, Stuart says, a privilege and every day, he feels luckier and luckier. Today, they're here to share their stories. Stuart and Jackie, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it is rather strange to be sitting here in uh, my little space doing this, but honestly, I'm so grateful for you both coming down here and talking to me today. Uh, I feel very privileged, actually, because you've just come back from doing some filming. Yeah. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. I got contacted by a Finnish broadcasting company wanted to do a documentary comparing the two countries, Finland and Britain, um, how we both tackle 
homelessness, yeah. not haircuts homeless, but homelessness, and also the added services that we provide over in Britain, i.e. haircuts, yeah. and how it just changes um, a rough sleeper or someone homeless, how it makes them feel just a little bit better about themselves. So, yes, they've been over here the last two weeks out filming with us. That's fantastic. So the message is out there far and wide then? Yes. Oh, absolutely brilliant. Well, we'll come on to that in a moment about the impact that Haircuts for the Homeless has on individual people, because that's what I'm really interested to hear. But let's start at the beginning, if we may, Stuart. So I believe that things haven't always been easy for you and that you've had a bit of a complex journey in your kind of professional life and as well as personal life, really. Yeah, I mean... Where far back do you want to go? <laughs> Take it back wherever. I'd read that you, you lost your salon, was it after yeah. 30 years? That... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had it for 30 years, so I'd built it um, from nothing. Mm-hmm. The thing is, you you can't be business-like about that. It's, it's very much a part of your personality yeah, and, sure. and, and your life. So, it, it, you know, it just got to a point where the, the lease was to be renewed and the, the landlord doubled the rent. It just wasn't viable anymore. Wow. So as you know, it just, and I think you, you can't help but take it personally, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it's just a, from a business point of view, it just didn't work no more. Yeah, it's a, a victim of the high street. It's one of those things. From so on the surface, it's just one. Of, you know, it's just a business decision, mm-hmm. but it's heartbreaking, you know. Um, but what got me through that was I kept doing the work. Right, I kept doing this work. And every time I would feel, you know, I've said before, I, I drove to somewhere in uh, Ipswich to a session and it's a long drive and I was feeling really sorry for myself. You know, I felt like I'd lost everything. And I spoke to a guy who's my son's age, 23, mm-hmm. living in a tent. Mm-hmm. At that time, it was really, really cold. He was telling me the complexities of, like a young guy, he said, you, you seal yourself up quite early in the evening and then the condensation would form and then two in the morning it would all freeze. And I was, I, I just thought, how lucky my son mm-hmm. hasn't got to be living like that. Mm-hmm. You know, how dare I say I've lost everything or I'm, you know, I might lose my house, but I might have to buy a smaller house or mm-hmm. I might, you know, like these people have got nothing, you know, and it's a great, a really great sort of antidote to feeling bad, you know. And I suppose it's about having that sense of perspective as well. Yeah. yeah well, it gives that for you, you know. It makes you realise that we, especially in today's society, we become very self, self-absorbed, self Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, in, in our own little world, and it, it takes you out of that. Mm. You know, it bursts that bubble that you're not, you know, no matter what you've got going on, mm-hmm. other people have got worse. Yeah. And, that, you know, like, you, and you can make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I read somewhere that you'd had some issues yourself with alcohol in the past. I Just mean, a bit. <laughs> do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Well, issues, I was very good at it. You know, I, was, I was an extremely proficient alcoholic. I you know, uh, yeah, drink and drugs and, you know, it, it, and as we find, people who do go for recovery and do do the work, as you find, it's not the drinking of drugs. Mm. They're just um, to cover the symptoms. They're just, they're, they're just there to make you change the way you feel. Mm-hmm. So people get addicted in different ways. Mine was drinking drugs. People get addicted to gambling, to sex, to buying stuff, all mm. of these things. But they're just to make you change the way you feel and because you're not happy with who you are or how you are, you know. And until you can learn to change that within, 
you can't you can't do anything about that, you know. So you just keep repeating the same process. Do you think those experiences that you've had in your own life have, have helped you to identify with a community that's quite marginalised? Of course, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and connecting really quickly. I connect really quickly when I go to a new centre, new people, because that's me sitting there. Yeah. I was just lucky enough to to sort of get out of it before it got that far. But they're all me sitting there. And and I really, you know, I really, I really um, understand how they feel. It, it's sort of like, even though I don't advocate taking, uh, taking drugs or drinking, I don't advocate that as a solution. I can see why they go to it as a solution. Because mm-hmm. it's a temporary fix. And, and if you're freezing cold, you've lost everything, you know, someone's nicked your, you know, your, your sleeping bag's got soaking wet, you know, you can understand them when at least... Mm. have a drink you know take it away but it makes it worse that's mm. the problem it's, mm. that, it's that two-edged sword my fallacy was that all the homeless people all take drugs and, and alcoholics you know like going in yeah. five years ago yeah it's far from that you know some i mean obviously a, a large number do because it's it's a way to get through it but not everyone does you know mm. And the people you must know that, Jackie. Yeah. The people you meet are so varied. That's right. You know, like yeah. different different ways along the the, the yeah. course, and it. You know, they're so different. I think when, when you say when people have this perspective of someone being homeless, yeah, they, they just think about people that are on the streets. But it's a wider scale than that. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, the, the centres. There's the family centres. There's men that have just come out of prison. Men that have come out of the army. You know, ex veterans. Mm-hmm. And they're homeless. Mm. It's not necessarily saying, like, if you're going back to the drinking drugs, they're not yeah. necessarily just doing that. Well, I've, I've, when I was ahead, I'd have kids at school that were legally homeless. Yeah. That were, you know, yeah. that that right. parents got them to attend school, but they were actually, in fact, homeless and coming from Austin. That's right, yeah, yeah. So it's not just streets, it's, it's a wider scale with homelessness. Yeah. I mean, for yourself, Jackie, you know, you've had a lot of responsibilities and a lot of complexities in your life yeah. as well. You handed your business over after 15 years, you know, stresses of trying to juggle, juggle a complex family life. You're a mum of four, yeah. you know, you've got additional family commitments, you work. Is that that kind of complexity why you're able to identify with this charity so much as well? Yes, yeah, definitely. I suppose a bit like Stuart, when you look at someone, you feel a bit a bigger connection with them, yeah. You know, because you've been through a lot yourself. Yeah. My caring, well, I think it's my caring side comes out, mm-hmm. and, and I think again going back to, well, my life isn't as bad as when I see someone else's. You know, my life's pretty damn good, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to see someone that's struggling in a bad way, you know, just just to be there, so sort of like you just want to put your arms around them and say, look, come on, let's mm-hmm. let's do this mm-hmm. step by step. Let's just let's. Let's give me, let, let me give you a haircut. Let me just let you feel a little bit better <laughs> for now. <laughs> it's great. So, Stuart, when you, you first took your scissors to that meeting, what response did you get? Did you have a willing participant? Yeah, I mean, uh, you'd always get someone, whether they want a haircut or not. If it's free, they want it. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be homeless people. That'd be anyone, actually, yeah. across the spectrum. But, um, yeah, the first time I went, I'd done a couple of haircuts and then pretty quickly, as soon as they, I think it's a, it's a trust thing. And it's like when we set new projects up, the first couple get a uh, sussing out for everyone. Yeah. 
The leaders. I, yeah, look, the leaders come and, yeah, of course, and then the, then the followers. And, and it, they start off, and it, once they realise that we've got no alternative agenda, mm. you know, we're not trying to convert them, or, <laughs> you know, like, or, you know, there's nothing, there's no, we just want to cut your hair, we just want to make you feel better. And then that comes through, and then, then they, they sort of all yeah, come over, don't they, after that? Yeah, yeah it did. It was, it was instant. You, you say that it's more than just a haircut. What do you mean by that? Well, because it's the biggest thing it is, is communication in its most pure form. Because the, the great thing about hairdressing and, and beauticians and anyone like that, we actually touch people. Mm-hmm. So the minute you touch someone, you break that barrier and you, you make an instant connection with somebody. It, it, it breaks all those barriers down that mm-hmm. we have when we, we don't go in each other's space, less and less so nowadays. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you do that, and you're talking about people people don't speak to, don't acknowledge, they feel invisible, and you go from that to having someone actually touch you, and it's done with respect and love. So, you, you know, it, it's quite profound. So the thing is that the, the core product, the haircut, becomes secondary. It's all about the communication and the respect. And dignity. And dignity, yeah, which that brings about. You said that one person even thanked you for speaking for them mm. because that's the plight of homeless people at the moment. I was really moved by that. I, I couldn't believe yeah. that... It's a genuine thing. I've said it quite a lot, but it's a genuine thing that they said to me, thank you so much for talking to me. And they said, I'm sure they went on to say that um, that that I haven't really spoke. I haven't really spoken to anyone for, for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. That's yeah. sad. Yeah. The biggest question I get is, what should I do when I meet someone on the street? You know, as if yeah. I'm some sort of guru, and I don't, yeah. I don't really know the answer. But I generally say, you've just got to be practical because on their worst day, someone on the streets can be very, very aggressive. Mm-hmm. You know, you may get someone. These things can happen. I'm mm-hmm. not, so, so I'm not judging ev- everyone who's homeless, mm-hmm. but you've got to be practical. You know, like if you're a young woman, you can't go around talking to everyone in the streets because you know things can happen. But if you and as well, the big thing you get is how do I know they're genuine? Because there's so many people scam on the streets with begging and stuff. Yeah, that are not in need. It's a way of making a living is that the people who are in genuine need sometimes get overlooked. Yeah. But that's a valid thing to worry about because mm-hmm. it, it's a truth. Mm-hmm. So the thing I generally say is, like, if you really want to do something, go and get involved in the homeless centres. Go and meet the people at the homeless centres. Go Because generally, everyone going there, you wouldn't go there. Mm-hmm. And, it's their, and it's their domain, isn't it? That's they true. know who's coming. They get to know yeah. everyone there. So generally going to find... <laughs> And that's Siri. He's on this bed. Siri, 0121, do one. <laughs> right, that's gone. I think it's like the eye contact as well when they come in to a centre or mm. uh, when you, Stuart's going on about it's the touch breaking down the barriers, mm. but it's the actual eye contact as well. Mm. Um, they, they, they come in, they won't kind of look at you. I think they're... My first impressions were they thought I was judging them mm-hmm. when I wasn't. And when they, when they felt comfortable with me, mm-hmm. they realised I wasn't judging them. I was mm-hmm. just there to give them a haircut. I was just there to chat. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd then look up 
and you'd have the eye contact, then you would get the smile. And then once you were done, you know, you, you'd get offered, oh, can I hug you? You know, thank you, I feel mm. great. Mm. So... I find that really interesting, that whole thing about being judged, because I think that is the plight of the human race. You know, I think we're all so damn fearful of being judged and this whole thing about shame and being ashamed. You know, when I when I hear people and they talk and tell me about their stories, it's such a common theme. And I suppose, you know, we're all clothed and well-fed and housed and warm and we sleep in our beds at night and people like us suffer from shame and being ashamed and being judged so if you are homeless on the street then that must almost be overwhelming yeah you know it must be incredible yeah so haircuts for the homeless finally became a charity in march of this year and it was voted as people's choice for lottery funding in the UK. So how did you manage to grow it so quickly? And how do you cope with doing something on this kind of scale with normal life? Does it become your day job? It has for me. Yeah, it has for me and my sister. Yeah. Um, it's, it, I've been saying it's like a five-year overnight success. <laughs> <laughs> you hear a lot of people say yeah, that. Because... We've been banging away at this for a long, long time. Yeah. And we've been slipping around the country, you know, and doing this. But and loving every minute of it, I must add. Yeah. But the big thing was the lottery TV advert campaign that featured us mm -hmm. early in the year. Mm -hmm. That's the one that really took it. Um, and we just got blown away. Like, we couldn't cope. It came out at the end of last year, then it, but it really hit when it came out about Easter this year. And it was on things like uh, celebrity and all these things and X Factor and and it, it hit. Um, they put it on um, Sky Sports. So then eventually it was going around the world. This advert. Wow. And we just had our emails lit up. You know. Um, what well, with yeah, donations about, or volunteers or the biggest one we get is volunteers. The, the, right. the, it, it falls into three categories. The biggest one is people want to get involved. Yeah. Hair, mainly hairdressers. Yeah. Some people just say, I want to get involved either way. The next one is, is centres, please, can you come to us? Yeah. We, re we went past the tipping point. We, we had years of knocking on doors. Can we come and do this? We don't really understand what you want to do. Why do you want to cut people's hair and all that? From this year onwards, it was, can you come here? Can you come? Like we, last week, we opened number 64. We've got 25 waiting to open. Jackie's opened 10 of those. She's got f another five waiting to open. Yeah. It's purely trying to get there. Because mm. we can't let people just run off on a tangent and do this. Mm. It's serious stuff. Yeah. We have to protect our volunteers. Yeah. We have to make sure that we protect our clients, that it's done in the right way. There's lots to, to put in place yeah. um, to make sure it carries on. So if it's going to grow, it's got to grow at the right in the right way at whatever Place yeah, absolutely, that takes, absolutely. You know, like, and I'm not going nowhere. You yeah. know, it's going to be. This is my life now. Yeah. So as long as I and and that's the thing, you you have, we don't have long, do we? No. I'm really conscious. You you know, and I, uh, I'm not dying by the way, kids. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm on my way out. When I say, you really haven't got long at all, and you must make these things happen. That's why I love doers. You know, that's why I love Jackie. You know, within a year she's opened ten. And she's, you know, got another fight because it's, it's, and I, I think I don't do hard on people. I think people really do mean well, mm. but it's only certain people actually can carry it through mm. to the action stage. Mm -hmm. It's all about action. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, Absolutely agree with you there. Yeah. I think there's a lot of well-meaning people out yeah. there, but like you yeah. say, it's it's the doing, it's putting the money where your mouth is. Yeah. Well, you need yeah. to... I look for nuisances. Jackie's a big <laughs> pain in the backside. <laughs> because... And, and I've met... And we've got many of many Jackies as well who, like, they won't take no for an answer. Yeah. But they're the people I need. Yeah, of course. They're not, they're not sort of... Um, Easily you know, phased. Just, just, yeah, it's easily, it's like, no, I want to do this, I want to do this, you will listen to me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's, so they're the ones that force their way through are the ones we want, because they're the ones who've got to stick, because it's not easy. Yeah. You know, you go home sometimes, you've had this. Yeah, I've had that, yeah. And you wait, funny enough, this, we are teaming up with um, the Samaritans. Right. Because I'm very conscious now that as we grow, and from my own experience, I know sometimes, like, I hardly slept last night, Sometimes you get this, you carry this stuff home with you. Yeah, of course. Now, I've got a duty of care to my volunteers, including their mental health yeah. and my own mental health. I mean, you, you had it recently, didn't you? Explain did, yeah. to me. If you explain yeah. that about the, that was, lady. Yeah, there, there was two that caught to me, but the one we talked about with Stuart is um, I was out in the streets cutting um, City Centre Manchester and it was a man and woman, the last ones of the evening, I passed 10 at night and got chatting away, chatting away. And then I discovered she was pregnant and she's due in March. But they had each other, they were a couple, and the love between each other. And I sort of said, well, so are you in a shelter tonight? You know, you're off the streets tonight, a bed for a night. Oh, no, 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 no. So well, where are you going to bed down? Oh, just over there. And they had a couple of carrier bags each, a double duvet, and that was it. They two were just, and that's all they had was each other. But she was pregnant. And when I went home at night, I'm thinking, lie in my bed, and the rain was absolutely hammering it down. The streets were flooding. It was quite really bad, the weather. And I'm going to my bed, and I just couldn't sleep. I couldn't switch off. I kept mm. thinking mm. of her, you know, you know, what's going to happen to you? Mm. To, you know, that, that obviously the child will go into care. But for a mum living in those conditions, losing a child anyway, mm. it's, mm. Oh, it was just... And it played and played and played on mm. my mind for quite a while. Mm. Um, I, well, I suppose that's the reality of what you're doing. And it's it's like you say, you know, this, this isn't all about Vaseline around the lens, yeah. on the lens, is no. it? It's about the reality of actually what this is like to run on a daily basis. And in any other profession, people exposed to that kind of thing would have supervision, would have professional supervision, yeah. you know. And, yeah. and actually it makes perfect sense. And I suppose it's that, that practical meeting of taking... Craftspeople like you who have a real, really valuable trade and giving them the extra skills, like you say, to look after their duty yeah. of care. Well, this is and speaking to the people from the Samaritans when they said, because I did something with them a couple of years ago called The Big Listen. And um, it, the thing what they're trying to push is the fact that someone to bring the Samaritans, they think they have to be on knife's edge before they call. Yeah. But it's not really for that, it's for the, it's for the times leading up to that. Yeah. Or even. Someone, because when you're in that position in the night, yeah. you don't want to wake your partner up. Right. You're carrying it around. You might yeah, go down and make yeah, a brew, yeah, and you, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. God, make a brew. I've got your language going. <laughs> make up it's tea, the language love. of the north. Yeah, make a cup of tea, love. And then you, but <laughs> you carry that with you. But that's in the middle of the night. They are there to listen, so they are, yeah. you know, they, yeah. if it's really that bad. So it's it's almost of a time week, but also they're going to give us cards. I've got some for you that we can when when we meet our guests when we come across that they really feel down and say. 
Because someone homeless often can get to a phone. Yeah, sure. And if they've got no one to talk to, like we, as we've said, yeah, you know that's what they're for. So I'm really looking forward to teaming up and working yeah. more with the that sounds as incredible. Well. Yeah, really does sound incredible. What kind of response have you had from the general public? Mainly, ninety percent wonderful. Mm-hmm. You'd always get the ten percent, of course. <laughs> yeah. Who bless judge? Them. Bless them. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I, I love say, the, the charitable way that you even approach uh, the 10% I used to I used to I used to have my words for them but I've changed it to bless them <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah yeah I mean it, it's bit it, I think the thing with it is simplicity with us yeah. it's so simplistic yeah. the guy who made the advert actually was explaining to me like why they chose it he said because it's got a real Simple message. He says it's got a beginning, middle, and end. You can tell very quickly. Yeah, sure. Because it's you see someone walk in like that, you do what you do, and they walk out like that. Yeah, and it's that that thing. And people, it's very visual and. And actually, we can all identify with it because yeah. we all know what having a good do can do for your confidence. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So we've all yeah. We all know how that feels. Yeah, I mean, we've had it when you work. I mean, I've worked in salons. For, I've been hairdresser for forty odd years now. And I've had regular, as, as it were, clients come in just, who've really had a bad, you know, they've had a bad week. And you do that for them. That's right, yeah. And you see them lift and they sort of yeah. float out of the salon yeah. and they're having a wonderful, yeah. you know. You take that to someone who's really, yeah. really had the mm. worst time of their mm. life. The worst of the worst. And we yeah. say, don't we, yeah. that magic mirror, you show yeah. them. And it, 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 grown men have, I've had cry in front yeah. of me, mm. you know. Yeah. Women broke to tears and just that. Uh, how they, f- I think they look to, I think they look in to see how they really are. I think they see themselves as they, their authentic self that they've lost. Yeah. That's what I think they see sometimes. Because yeah. I know how that feels. I know how to lose yourself is. And um, I think I think that's what sometimes they see. And that actually it's still there. It's yeah. not gone. No. I read somewhere that you said about, you know, we can give hope to hopeless people. Mm. I'm full of s*** like that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I was getting upset. I had to sabotage the moment. (laughs) I was feeling very... (laughs) Typical bloke, don't like to feel too vulnerable. Sorry, I'm not cutting it out. (laughs) 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 But But I think that is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you know what? It's a great soundbite, but it's blinking true. Yeah, yeah. That, well, they have to be born in truth, don't they? That's why they resonate with people. Um, and, and but it, yeah, it is that. I I read recently that Lena Headey from Game of Thrones has been appointed as your ambassador. She has. That's got to be a bit of a high, I know. I was quite pleased. <laughs> <laughs> I slid into her DM. <laughs> I was impertinent, is <laughs> known for me. And uh, You're a nuisance, sure. I am a nuisance. I made a nuisance of myself. <laughs> now, I just I saw that she's a lovely, lovely woman, and I saw that she'd liked a couple of pictures, and I saw she was following us, mm. which is quite unusual, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I thought, right, you've opened the key now, darling, I'm on my way in, you know. <laughs> and uh, But she was, she's been wonderful. I, hopefully seeing her soon. She's going to come to a project soon. Brilliant. And um, she's, she's a doer. Yeah. You know. Nuisance maker. She's a nuisance. Uh, and, yeah, it's not going to be, uh, you know, like a superficial thing. She's going to be involved. Yeah, big thing. That's great. 
everything has its ups and downs, yeah? And we've already spoken about what tough days look like. I'm really interested. How do you manage your own expectations and, and how do you draw a line? Because I'm sure that there's enough demand that you could be cutting hair 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I think that was one of the things that, particularly the kind of schools that I always worked with, I always felt like I wasn't doing enough, you know, often at the cost of my own family and my own kids. But And I really struggled to kind of put boundaries in place. How do you do that when you're dealing with something of, of this magnitude and this size? You have to be strong. You have to say no. The more often you say no, the easier it gets. Right. Because there again, people mean well but they will take advantage. Mm-hmm. You know, you say you've got a two-hour slot, they'll try and take four. Mm-hmm. But then you're not doing it for you, you're doing it for your volunteers and mm-hmm. things like that. So you stick to times, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, because people, will, uh, we have to protect them against themselves because mm-hmm. we keep a lot of our volunteers. We, we've got a good retention rate because we only asked half a day once a month mm-hmm. and we try and stick to that. Unless you're a nuisance like Jackie. <laughs> there are the exceptions. But generally, our general general volunteers, it's half their once a month. Because that's doable. I mean, how many times you see these little old ladies who do <laughs> go and work in Oxfam or somewhere like that? They want to do they want to do a day a week and they end up doing five days yeah, a week. Oh, oh, yeah. oh Doris, will you just do another couple of days with someone? Yeah, yeah. And they end up like this full-time job yeah. that they're not getting paid for. And then in the end, they have to freak out and then give it all up. We, we didn't. That's I didn't want that at all. So, and I suppose this comes back to what you were saying about running it properly. You know, yeah. because actually, what you're doing is you've got an approach that has longevity behind it. You're not going to burn out. No. You know, you're building in capacity. You're looking after the welfare of the volunteers and the staff. And I suppose it's 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 a professional organisation. It's getting that way, yeah. Yeah, Not that I'm saying it ever wasn't, no, but no, no, well, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was. A, it was. A, it was me running around the country like a lunatic trying to get people to listen to me. But that it, it's becoming. And what the great thing now is, we're a charity. Mm-hmm. The great thing now is, we've got trustees mm-hmm. who protect me from myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and a sister who protects you. Who really does protect me from myself. So it, it stops me running off on tangents and things like that. It makes me sure that I'm following the path yeah. and the thing is as well it's what I wanted because I want to do the work Yeah, I'm like Jackie I'm a do- I want to be out there doing the work I don't want to be a tra- I don't want to I don't want to sit on a board of a charity as long as they keep keep it so that I can keep doing the work I don't mm. really mind too much mm. you know but you, you, this is when you need that stuff in place mm. and us doers and us creatives we don't like the left brain people who make us conform <laughs> and work and, and, you know, like, and, and follow things. And, you know, my, my sister's a great, we're, we're a great team because she's the she's the sort of organised yeah. one. She's got her lists and everything else. <laughs> I just want to break free and do all this stuff. But you, you need both because otherwise you make mistakes. And you and our mistakes could be very costly. So mm. it's got mm. to be, the bigger it gets, the more controlled it's got to become. I, mm. I understand that. Yeah. Mm. What, what does the charity mean to you two? I saw a video where we, I mean, we've spoken about already about this whole point about perspective and gratitude. And you say that helping somebody else is a great way to realise how lucky we are. And actually, you look at scientific research and there's a great TED talk actually by a guy called Sean Atcher. And he talks about three things that will virtually guarantee happiness in your life. And one of them is helping other people. But what, what 
does what you do mean to you two as individuals? And that's a pretty profound question. Well, you want me to go first? It's easy because it, it, it works. You know, and you something know it works. Love, isn't it? It's something it's got to come from the heart. You've mm. got to want to do it. Mm. You've got to have this passion for it. And, mm. and that's for me. That's where it comes from me. It's something like Stuart saying, "I'm the nuisance person." It's like I didn't want to just do one center. I wanted mm. this center. Mm. I wanted that center. I wanted to help this person. I wanted to help that person. I wanted to organize this team, that team. I wanted to win this area, mm. that area. Mm. And that—that's basically how minds is gone. Mm. And where before it'd be. Hi Stuart, can I do this? Hi Stuart, can I do that? And it was like, just get on with it. So I have, obviously, in control. I still keep you in the loop though, don't I? Yeah. I still bug you with my WhatsApps. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I read, Jackie, that you said 12 months ago, you know, that you'd lost your confidence and you yeah. couldn't even walk in, you couldn't walk down the high street. That's right. I imagine that, that this has added an awful lot of value to your life as yes. well. Oh, yes, yeah. And your sense of self. Yes. Let's say 12 months ago, that feeling of the world was against me mm. uh, due to personal reasons with my own health, my mum, my sister, my husband's business, my own business, mm. everything seemed to hit all at once. Mm. And I thought, oh, God, what can be thrown at me? What more can be thrown at me? Mm. And then just going out to do, like I said, doing a couple of haircuts, meeting up with Stuart. You and I, we've really bonded, haven't we? we really... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He's uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're, we've come from like similar situations, and to be doing this, let's say for the homeless and seeing someone that's in more vulnerable or mm. a worse or less confident state than what you're in, mm. it, it helps you as well. They they don't realise how much they're helping you getting your confidence back up mm. um, and feeling good about yourself. Mm. Um, yeah, I couldn't walk down the street 12 months ago. I just felt, and I felt like people, again, they've gone back to this being judged. Mm. I felt like people were looking at me saying, oh, that's her that's lost that, you know, or there's yeah. her that's got this, or mm. oh, look, that's her. And, and they weren't. They, it was just that was in my mind. Mm. That's what mm. I thought was going on. Mm. Um, but it wasn't. And now, you know, my confidence is, mm. it's not totally there, but we're getting there. There's the mm. things I've done this last 12 months all through. Stuart. throwing things out. <laughs> this throws it, you know, that's it. It's oh, Jackie, Jackie, we're you... going on stage. Are we? We're <laughs> <laughs> on stage at Southern International. Are we? Yes. We've been filming a lottery advert. Yes. <laughs> and I suppose it's about embracing those opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah even it's when you feel... You know, like your self-confidence might be at a low ebb or yeah. whatever. I suppose it's that thing about doing something for other people. It's really yeah. empowering, actually, and is a great way to, like you've said, yeah. kick into action. Mm. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's one of the great untruths that exists in the world that we all think we're being judged and we spend our time thinking, oh, my gosh, what are other people thinking of us? Yeah. But the irony is we all think the same thing yeah. and actually nobody's bothering thinking about other people because they're too busy. Think we're about, about <laughs> themselves. Yeah. 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 What, what's this taught you about yourself? I've learned how strong I am, which I, that's not easy for me to say. I was um, going to say that too. Yeah, I, I'm strong, stronger than, than a lot stronger than I thought yeah. I was. And I like people a lot more than I thought I did, <laughs> even though they still continue to disappoint me on a daily basis. 
I generally have got a lot of love for people and um, I'm a lot more tolerant than I used to be. I've found that a simple life for me is what I always wouldn't have dreamed I wanted, but it, it's what really makes me happy now. Mm. Everything I thought I wanted, I'm just not interested in. And everything that I would look my nose down at as the younger version of me is what I crave for now. And what is that? Just uh, simplicity, peace and quiet. You know, just it's a cliche thing. So just as long as my family are happy, I don't need stuff that I thought I needed. I've got nothing against it. Stuff's great. You know, we all need to reward ourselves. Money's important. There's that thing about money that's what I find fascinating mm -hmm. is that money is essential, mm -hmm. but it's just, but don't attach your happiness to it. Mm -hmm. It's a fuel we need. Like this, as a charity, without any money, it's not going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. But if it gets millions and millions in the bank that just holds on to that, it's not going to do anything with it either. Mm -hmm. That's the difference, you know. And people are like that in their own life, aren't they? They accumulate wealth, accumulate possessions. But it very rarely makes anyone happy because so many of the people who get, you've only got to look at lottery winners. Yeah. <laughs> My wife's weird. She says, I wouldn't want it. <laughs> I go, well, I bloody would. <laughs> but the thing is, and people say, I love this. People say, I'd want it because I just want to help everyone. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> you want a Ferrari. <laughs> you want a big ass. And it's fine. See, that stuff's fine. Mm. But don't expect somebody to think it's going to make you happy. Mm. Because the real stuff makes you happy. And this makes you happy. This makes me happy. You know, your kids being healthy makes you happy. Mm. All of that stuff. Because you know why you know? It's because when they're not, you're as flipping unhappy you are. Mm. That's how you know how, how, how important that stuff is. How about you, Jackie? Yeah, much about the same as what Stuart's saying about being learned that I'm a stronger person than what I thought I was. Mm -hmm. I'm not just the, as they say... Sorry to say to some hairdressers, the thick hairdresser. Mm. I'm, I'm actually quite an organised mm. person. Mm. Work hard. Mm. Proud of what I'm doing. Love what I'm doing. Mm. Love the people that I'm meeting. Mm. Be it that they are on the streets. Be it be the other volunteers. Be it Stuart and Belinda. Amazing people. And like Stuart says, all the material things are just, yeah, that's nice if you got it. If it's not important being happier in yourself and what you're doing um, and I am but, but this I'd much rather be doing those he, the, these haircuts now than what I've ever done ever um, don't get me wrong love the clients that I've had but these ones are more special these are more satisfying um, I just I just love doing what I'm doing yeah it means something more yeah. than ever before maybe yeah it does I want you to imagine, both of you, that there's someone on the other side of the mic who's listening to what you're saying at the moment, who feels down on their luck, perhaps they're lacking in confidence and they're feeling at a really, really low ebb. You know, it might be somebody who's homeless, it might not be. What would you say to that person at the minute? Pull yourself together. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll, you'll, be saying, no. you'll be uttering those immortal words in a minute, grow a pair. <laughs> No, do you know, and I'm, I'm being flippant because generally that's what people think. Mm. You know, that, that is the thing of, you know, our society. Yeah, pull your socks up, get on with it. But there is a tiny element of that. But it's just knowing that 
I mean, my first thing always is go out and help someone else. Because mm-hmm. I, I tell you, it it works. You know, there's nothing you've got going on. And I know you may have the worst things going on in the world, but just to find out other people are suffering as well. Mm-hmm. And, and the feeling you get, the feeling of empowerment you get of helping someone else. Even if it's chatting to someone who's lonely, any, anything, I don't mean what you haven't got going, whatever it, whatever it means to you to go and think of someone else and help, actually help someone else. And, you know, the other thing is it's, it always gets better if you give it time. It's my experience now that if you, if you can remove yourself for the moment, because it, when it's on you, and then give yourself time to accept the situation and then allow it to then move on, things do improve with a bit of action. God moves mountains, but it's best to bring a shovel. (laughs) Jackie, have you got anything that you'd like to add? Just um, talk. You know, there's people out there that are willing to help you. You help them, they'll help you. Mm. Um, And just talk. You're not alone. Mm. There's... Every, there's pe- loads of people in similar situations and I think that's one of the main things go and talk, don't keep it to yourself just talk if you've got problems or feeling more Thank you We've got an army of listeners out there now listening to this podcast who I'm sure will be walking around the big cities maybe of the UK or maybe even another country in the world You know, and we've got to be practical but how can we as individuals now you know I'm not qualified hairdresser what kinds of things can I do to add value to the life of a homeless person based on the experiences that you've had change your mindset Mm -hmm. the biggest thing for everyone is to remember that these are human beings you know they've got a past they've got you know hopefully they've got a future some of them have got family it's almost like I see it almost as there's, there's this sort of underground society going on now. That we, I see it as two different levels that we just walk past and we don't see. Mm. The first thing is to realise that, you know, we are all the same. That's the biggest thing, isn't it? That yeah. we're the same. Mm. We're the same people with different circumstances. So I think that shift is the biggest thing to start off with. Yeah. You said it again, Stuart. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and speaking to me today. I've really, really enjoyed it. And it's been really insightful, actually. Really insightful. And I think, you know, although we've talked about the topic of homelessness, actually the stuff that we've touched on is insightful and actually range of different levels really so thank you so so much. Obviously, I'll share in the show notes details about your website and your various I believe the phrase social media handles is appropriate here. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. But thank you. I know you're really busy people, so I really am grateful for you coming on and and sharing your stories with us all today. So thank you very, very much. Thank Thank you. You know, I thank my lucky stars that nuisances like Stuart and Jackie exist. It's so easy for us in our warm homes with our well-fed bodies to forget how some people really live. It's remarkable that in this day and age, we are surrounded by people who feel forgotten. As Stuart says, he's got a lot of love for people. And you know, I think that most of us do too. 
Amidst the strange goings-on in the world at the moment, I see people everywhere doing incredible things, realising that actually what they want is simple. It's not about money or status. Happiness really is about connecting with others. So next time, don't walk on by. Make sure that you go out of your way to stop and say hello. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Rediscovery of Me Life Stories podcast and that in some way it's added value to your life. Thank you for joining me. I've been your host, Holly Hartley. Please make sure that you tell everyone you know who might benefit from listening all about the show. It's free to listen to, of course, in any app that supports podcasts. Make sure that you click like and leave a review. I'll see you, you incredible person, on the next edition of Life Stories, where we'll explore how childhood affects us even as adults. Remember, one person's story can be someone else's survival guide. You are enough.